Hey guys, this is Travis from It Takes What It Takes. Uh, this episode, we're going to be talking about uh, mental health. And we know that that's a sensitive topic for a number of people for a number of different reasons. And so we wanted to put a couple things out there before we got into it this week, okay? Number one is a trigger warning. If you think that this episode is going to cause you distress, or if at any point during this episode it makes you feel uncomfortable, please, by all means, just turn it off. Dave and I will not be upset, and we will happily see you in two weeks, okay? Number two... We are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say on this podcast should be interpreted as medical advice or any sort of diagnosis. We're merely giving anecdotal observations based on our personal experiences. Number three, uh, in the show notes this week, we're going to put a couple of links to a couple of different resources that if you are in a mental health situation that you can go to these links and hopefully they can guide you to professionals that can help you get the help that you need, okay? See, when Dave and I started this podcast, we wanted to build a community. We wanted to bring people together and we wanted to lift everybody up. Around here, we always punch up. We never kick down. And if somebody's down, you pick them up. Hard stop. That's how we roll, okay? I'll get off my soapbox now and let you guys enjoy this episode. Happy payday. Uh, the views expressed in the It Takes What It Takes Letter Carrier podcast are solely those of the hosts and guests. They do not represent any government agency or NGO or labor organization. The It Takes What It Takes Letter Carrier podcast is 100% DIY, not for profit. Any advertising revenue is used to cover operational costs and all excess revenue is donated to charity. Welcome to episode number three of It Takes What It Takes, a letter carrier podcast. In this episode, Travis and Dave talk to our friend Catherine from Canton, Ohio, and we are discussing mental health and the effects that this job can have on your mental well-being. We've got a lot to talk about and a lot to get through, so we're just going to get right into it today. Welcome to It Takes What It Takes, a letter carrier podcast, a podcast where we talk about all things sling in the mail. I'm your co-host, Travis, and 1,200 miles due east of me is... Dave. And we are joined with our guest today, Catherine, from Canton, Ohio. Is that accurate? Yes. Fantastic. Another Midwestern girl. I can get with that. So, first, starting off here, question of the day. What is the most annoying thing about your job? Or what annoys you the most? Could be a customer, could be a coworker, could be a supervisor. <clears throat> Dave, you want to go first? I can go. I've the got one. The cold weather. <laughs> I hate the cold weather. It's the fucking worst, man. I do, I'd rather to live in 100 degrees every day. <laughs> I will say I feel like the thing that aggravates me the most or annoys me the most is when I'm working a CBU. 
and somebody who otherwise would just be driving by decides that they need to stop and interject themselves into what I'm doing. A lot of a lot of nosy folks. Yeah, for whatever reason, it irrationally upsets me. Catherine? Catherine? <laughs> I would say an empty gas tank on a Monday morning. Oh, oh that'll that's that is, that's pissing in your Cheerios. That's that is tough, tough to beat. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let's see here. Uh, lay of the land, man. What are what are things like where you guys are at uh, right now? Here in Bozeman, we just lost another full time regular, and our CCA. So, you know, it's not looking good. We've got two more CCAs in the pipeline, and I have worked three consecutive sixty hour weeks. Uh, Holy shit. Yeah, man. We are tired, tired, tired. Like it's just extra, extra every day, you know. Yeah. And it just out until six, seven o'clock at night, you know. I mean, I've been calling it quits at twelve hours because I'm not working any more than that because that's what the contract says. But we, I work with a guy that put in seventy hours last week. And yeah. It's, Does he do it because he likes the money? Is that, what, is that why he's doing it? Oh, he's double dipping because he's going to get the grievance for it too. You know. Ah, nice. Yeah. I, I feel like he'd uh, he would think differently if if that wasn't the case. But uh, yeah, what's it like back in the Midwest? Well, I could tell you for me, uh, I, I'm not I'm not bragging, um, but it, it's it's about the same as it has been the last few weeks. We're we're, we're not doing those sixty hour week things. Um, we've gotten a few more people back. I, I, I think not, not from the last, since a lot last podcast, but, um, it, it's not too, it's not too bad, but I do know that, uh, we got people that are, uh, um, actively seeking employment elsewhere. Uh, and I would say more than, more than two people. Uh, and, uh, we still have like two or three people looking to retire this year. And, um, uh, we're just in a vulnerable spot, you know. I mean, people can come and go at any minute. You can't keep people. Uh, it's just, uh, it's very fragile, I say. And I feel like you had said last time when we were, it was you, me, and John, we were talking here, and you had said that you guys just went into prime time. Is that is that accurate? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and thankfully, uh, we don't have a whole lot of people taking vacation until I think basically uh, June. I think. I mean, maybe right around Memorial Day. Maybe Memorial Day, I think, is actually a, a probably a bit more accurate. So, like right now, it's not really that big of a deal. Um, we have more people on the ODL, which is really nice. Uh, I think it's tripled in the, in the last since the last quarter. Uh, that means there was well into the single digits of people on it only. Um, but it's nice. And this, this typically happens this type of year. I mean, it, you know, the, the weather gets nice and, and people want the overtime. So uh, it, it's better to carry when it's uh, later in light out versus not so much. So. Catherine, what are things like in the uh, the Buckeye State? All right. Um, basically, at our Hall of Fame branch, um, we're definitely like a skeletal crew currently. They're trying to get us 30 CCAs. For 30? 10. Yeah. Wow. Um, because we are just so desperate. Our route or Our office has approximately like 53 routes out of the four stations. And we have a lot of times 7 to 13 routes down. Um, my rotator 
my swing man. Um, he's work assignment only, and he clocked out Friday over sixty hours. Holy shit! My word. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's brutal like, being on a work assignment and as a T six man. It's like you, you're. It's pretty much like a like ODL. It's like the it's like the ODL. It's like the triple A league for the ODL. You know, <laughs> you're oh, still yeah. gonna fucking work. You're still gonna you're still gonna work the same amount of hours. You just you just pretty much are sticking to what you you want and know more or less so oh yeah absolutely and it's just it's just been completely insane um i mean i thought like for as i said 53 routes we only have nine on the odl because what's the point on getting on the odl if you can just do work assignment overtime on your route and just get forced is pretty yeah. much where we're at you know, that was actually the same philosophy that I adapted, uh, or adopted, I should say, um, was that late last year, um, end of this year. Um, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, you're going to work it, you're going to work it. And at least when you're, uh, on the work assignment, you get forced it, it, at least it should be, it rotates. So, I mean, you gotta, you gotta find ways to, uh, uh, keep yourself from going crazy, unfortunately. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'm a I'm a T6 carrier and I'm on work assignment and my strategy on that was basically it increased the likelihood that I would get my overtime in the office casing as opposed to carrying on the street. Though management seems to not care about that. Uh efficient I don't want anybody to ever speak to me about efficiency ever again at my office because clearly <laughs> it's not important at all. Cuz there's I literally they had an ODL carrier casing on one of my routes. And he was asking me questions. I was like, man, if only there was somebody that knew this route, you know, has carried it once a week for the past four years. Like, I I couldn't even, I I don't even know, man. Like, yeah. So, you know, obviously they've thrown that out the window. They don't, yeah, like I said, don't espouse. management, not really interested in the contract, man. You would think that, like, I've said my piece to them before. I feel like I don't need to say it again, but maybe I do. I don't know. But, you know, the whole thing is I wanted to get my overtime in the office because who doesn't, right? And it seems like they must have heard me say that at some point in time and are doing the complete opposite of that. (laughs) So you should have yeah. told him. You should have told him what you, what you didn't want. Right. That way you would have got it. Yeah, for sure. I should have. <laughs> <laughs> I've got two routes on my on my swing that have in excess of thirteen hundred delivery points. A lot of apartment complexes, CBUs, things like uh, that. And that. Uh, yeah, they both suck, and I hate them both. But you know, it is what it is. <laughs> but I should have just said, you know, uh, what I really like to do is carry twenty five and eighteen. All day, every day, you know, Yeah, <laughs> and, and yeah. that would have backfired on me and I'd end up carrying the stuff I want to. <laughs> Lesson learned. Yeah. Well, how about we move into the, the meat of today's, uh, today's episode and, uh, put out a little, uh, disclaimer here for anybody that's listening to this, you know, if we're talking about mental health today and the effects that being a letter carrier has on your, on your, on your mental well being, and it's probably applies to any job within the postal service. And if this, you know, if this upsets anybody, this is a trigger warning, just turn it off. If you think this is going to make you upset. All right. Right off the get go, Dave and I and Catherine will not be upset about this and we'll see you next payday. Okay, <laughs> but with that, we're going to move on. Uh, Catherine, how about you give our listeners a lay of the land as far as to how you got into the post office, how long you've been there, uh, what your overall career trajectory has been like? 
All right. Well, it's definitely a long journey. It's been quite an adventure. Um, my journey started back in 2015, and I was actually going through a, a divorce, a disillusion, and I didn't want to live in my parents' house anymore. So I was still very young. I was in my early 20s and needed to find a job that would be supportive enough to get me out of the house. So I actually got my phone call saying that I was going to go to the academy on my birthday. Happy birthday. Yeah, it was my birthday <laughs> that year. And, and it's a, the reason it's a, why I... It's a good birthday present and a horrible one at the same time. It's, well... Oh shit. You didn't know it at the time, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the reason why I mention this is apparently I partied too hard with my then boyfriend and wound up pregnant during my 90 days. Ah, ha, ha. It does happen. So... um. The running joke, like, they called me mom at work, and um, I pretty much delivered mail up until the day my son was born. I was actually okay. delivering Warrior. mail today. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, Oof. and then I took eight weeks off, and then when I came back, I was pregnant with my second, who just had her birthday, her fifth birthday yesterday. So, Happy belated birthday. That's yeah. awesome. So, and then three months later, I made regular. So... We the big joke is I never really actually carried mail because I was pregnant the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> but, right. um, but it's definitely been a whirlwind. Like it's just been such a blessing in my life because I went from eighty dollars to my account with a car and two dogs, couch surfing before I reconciled and went to my parents' house to. During COVID, my um, my husband decided to become a stay-at-home dad, and I was able to be on the ODL and cool. take care of everything, nice. and we didn't have to go without, and it's just been a blessing, and now it is time for me to start a new chapter in my life, and we'll get to that here in a little bit, and um, go ahead. You know, the... That's one of the things that's always been nice about this job is the stability of a paycheck and all that. And it's really hard to find that. Um, well, at least back in the day when I was, when I came in in 2011, uh, jobs weren't like they are now, uh, especially making the money that you can make now. Uh, but my point is, is that that is one of the nice things about this job is that it's so uh, uh, stabilizing in your life. But, but you pay a price for that, that stability, you know. Uh, you know, you pay a price uh, mentally uh, and and physically too. I mean, this, this job tears your body up. You're 10, 15 years into this job, and you're probably looking at needing a new kneecap or something. You know, it's pretty common mm -hmm. here that kind of stuff happen. Unfortunately, maybe not exactly 10, 15 years, but I mean, it's it certainly isn't uncommon to hear letter carriers getting new body parts. Uh, you know, well before they retire. You know what I mean? So uh, it comes at a price. It really does. Oh yeah, Catherine, I I definitely relate to that at a on a on a level for sure. But prior to my career starting at the postal service, I wasn't. Uh, I know you had said you were you know couch surfing, which I definitely relate to. But I was actually I was living in a punk rock like flop house with like five other dudes, and we were all had 
you know, worked at restaurants and stuff and we were stealing food from the restaurants to, for dinner for everybody at night, you know, and then I get that first, Good old days. yeah, I got that first check from the post office and I was like, Oh, I don't need to live here anymore. <laughs> I can, I can afford my own place by myself. And it really, it was a, it was a complete game changer for sure. Oh yeah. Everybody remembers their first paycheck at the post office. Bowling, bowling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> paid in bills, paid in bills, but still felt like I was bowling. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. You know, I think that, like, I feel like a lot of the uh, the psychological, uh, I don't want to, you know, it, I feel like intimidation is the word to use for it right off the get-go. But you know what I mean? It, it really starts out right when you get in the door when they want to know right off the get-go when are you going to be done? How long is it going to take you to get out of the office? Motherfucker, this is my, this is my first day. I don't even yeah. know what city I'm in. What's the zip code? Right. How do you sign into the scanner? Jesus Christ! Yeah, yeah, yeah for real. Eight hours. For real. Eight here, here they threw around they throw around the word commitment out here. They say, "What's your commitment? Oh, really? What's your commitment for the day? What's your?" It, 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 I was like, "I'm sorry, but commitment implies that I'm going to make that happen no matter what. That is not what yes, this it is. Does. <laughs> this is an estimate. This is a projection based on my professional my professional abilities here. But I mean, just something as small as that, you know, on a day to day basis, can really like really have a negative effect on you. Oh, Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, absolutely. Because I remember my 90th day, it was the week, it was the Monday before Christmas. And we had a couple auxiliary routes. And he's like, okay, I need you to do this ox route. And I need you to do that ox route. And you need to be back by six. And I looked at him and I'm like, I don't think I'm making it by six. So what he does is he tells his supervisor that I refuse to deliver the mail. Crazy. <laughs> If, if the, the listeners, listeners can, can just, <sighs> you'll have to see this on YouTube, go there, but you can just watch me and Dave just both put our hands on our faces and completely facepalm on that because. Yeah. Uh, and then that particular supervisor, her excuse for me was, well, she's pregnant and she's a little hormonal. So I just took it. I was like, I'll take whatever I can get at this point. And yeah, so it's just. The intimidation is just constant. They spend the first 90 days, you know, intimidating you and trying to keep you around and refusing to let you get fired. But then they spend the next 30 years trying to get your ass on yeah. fire and sent home. And what's crazy is it's is once you're out of your 90 days, it's a shit ton harder to do it. You're better off trying it at the front, the front end. Not that I'm trying to play devil's advocate here, but, you know, that's just the right. logic, you know. <laughs> Oh, for sure. You know, while, while we never on this podcast, I don't think we we certainly don't, uh, you know, we advocate for for letter carriers. But there is another side to the equation, and it's it's worth putting out there for sure. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. I feel like the the level of aggression is it really is. It's like it's off the charts and completely unwarranted. I feel like I when I came into the post office, I had never worked at a place where my boss wanted to fire me just for walking through the door. And that is the impression I was given right off the get go when I when I first got into this. And, you know, one thing, you know, at least this is me myself personally, and I don't know 
about you two, and I'm sure a lot of our audience, there's, I'm sure there's people that can relate to this, but I ended up doing a lot of like self-medicating, dude, and I drank a lot when I was a TE and into my CCA time and hell, even into my career time. And I mean, thankfully I've, you know, dialed it back quite a bit, but, uh, man, it was, you know, I didn't know as being a product of the eighties and the nineties, you know, mental health was looked at with such an amount of stigma. Like I'm sure a lot, yeah. a, a, a bit of therapy probably could, could have done me a lot of, a lot of good <laughs> at, at that time. But, uh, yeah they and i know that it's at my office it it's fairly i don't want to say it's like rampant like we're not a bunch of raging alcoholics but like everybody there is certainly performing a a certain level of of self-medicating just to to cope with the the amount of stress that's being put on our workforce right now you know I, I I think what makes it so bad is the fact that you're starting off your day like that, getting charged up like that, negatively charged up, uh, and it just affects the rest of the of the fucking day. You know, uh, there and I I don't know um, I don't know of an easier way of handling things in the morning. Uh, I mean, that's unfortunately a conversation you have to have. Hey, how long is it going to take you? You know, I mean, you gotta you gotta have the conversation. Um, but it's the it's the uh, it's the uh, the words that they sneak in, like the commitment word, or uh, so you're going to be eight hours today. You know, just saying shit like that instead of not really actively seeking the input of the person. You know, they find a way to obfuscate that if that's the word that I'm looking for, and that just that right there just just uh, sets the the day on uh, the fucking day on fire. You know, so uh, and and it's hard to tell people and hard to to show people uh, how to talk to to management in a way that you're not going to be feeling disrespectful, but yet you're being honest. Because a lot of times, what people will do is they'll just they'll just tell them what they want to hear, you know. Um, and then you got to deal with it on the back end. Uh, I prefer just deal it on the front end. Okay, I'll take that ninety six. Thanks. Uh, you know. <laughs> so. Oh, uh, uh, you know. completely man and a lot of it it's like you don't want to go through the ordeal of arguing with your boss in the morning so now you've just set yourself up in a position where like oh well now i have to run today to get this done yeah and i'm going to physically stress myself out mentally stress myself out if i don't finish this relay in 12 minutes and 30 seconds then i'm going to be behind all day and i'm going to get bitched at when i get back to the office and having that hanging over your head all day is just it's just as bad it it is just as bad so uh catherine let me ask you this so you you did two pregnancies at the post office right worked them all um how much more difficult is that when you're pregnant versus not? I mean, I, I can't imagine the, the the fucking stress level that you have to go through with that. You know, can you well, speak to that? Well, thankfully for me, that was at the beginning of my mental health issues, so I didn't really have any at the time. Yeah. So I was just, you know, I was kind of a clean slate, and I was very active uh, with both my pregnancies. Like, I didn't go to light duty. Um, with my daughter until maybe six, seven months. And as I said, Trevor, I had him when I was, I was still walking six miles. So probably good for you. <laughs> yeah. No, I, mean, or not, I don't know. 
pretty much. I think it was more difficult after the pregnancies because now if I go to do a route that I did as a CCA, it's like, shut up, you little bitch. You did this when you were fucking pregnant. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, but your body's changed. Uh, I mean, there's so much, your, your body goes through so much change after having a kid that uh, you just can't uh, expect yourself to, to be up to, up to snuff and up the par like that. I just, uh, I couldn't imagine it. Unless you're just a super fucking warrior. Yeah. So, well, thank you. But, um, yeah, like, now I was very grateful. I ended up with my retirement route with three years as a career in. And it's, like, six, seven miles of walking. It's all flat. It's dismounted. It's got nice. an apartment building. It's got a trailer park. It's got 140-some businesses. And it's a pretty sweet gig. So I'm very grateful for that time. But it's definitely just looking back on my CCA career and some of the crazy shit you do. Like, it makes you humble and it makes you grateful. Oh, yeah. Uh, you, you start off from a really humbling beginning in this job. And uh, in theory, you work yourself up to a, 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 posi a position to where you're, uh, you can tolerate the nonsense, you know. And that really is the goal. Sometimes you can knock that out, uh, that goal out within a couple of years. If you're lucky, uh, sometimes it takes people uh, 20, 30 years to get that sweet gig, you know. Uh, in the meantime, uh, they've missed uh, multiple, uh, you know, holidays, um, time with their family, et cetera, et cetera. So you, you give up quite a bit in order oh, to yeah. gain it on the back end, if you do it all, you know. Uh, yeah. Sometimes people just say, you know, fuck it. Uh, it's just not worth it, you know. Yeah. And like. And as I said, in the mental health aspect, like I didn't even realize um, in some ways when my kids were born that I was struggling with attachment to the kids. And so like, you know, missing, missing their first steps, missing um, bedtime, missing this and that and everything else just didn't seem to bother me. You know, I'll, I'll do the 60 hours or I'll do that overtime or I'll go to that other station and do an hour and a half. But now, um, as I became more aware, I feel like I became a better parent because shit, what's really been upsetting me the most is it'll be two or three days before I really see my kids because That's of the sad. overtime and because of the demand that we have right now because of the lack of employees. Okay, so let me ask this real quick, if I may interject. So if, if it was just eight hours that you were working, or maybe just a little bit more than eight hours a day, but not like 50 hours a week, wouldn't be that big of a deal, right? Yeah, I probably, you know, if it was like it was there just prior to COVID with all these, you right. know, overtime demands, I'd probably still, I wouldn't even consider leaving the job. Okay, so let me ask you this. So, mm -hmm. so prior to COVID, it wasn't too bad. COVID happened, everybody... Uh, every office pretty much took a shit. Is it safe to say you're, you guys are still pretty much in that mix? I mean, as far as the, the 60 hour issues, is it, uh, I mean, it, it, it's, it's a, obviously it's not, it has a reverse thing. course, right? What's that? Yeah. It's definitely a weekly thing, daily thing yeah. going on is the forced overtime. Um, I've, I've never seen it this bad where we've got folks that are on like the 40 hour or the work assignment that are getting forced every week in. Yeah. on their day and it's just it's been absolutely insane 
I've always said that's that's how you know you've hit rock bottom as a as a letter carrier when you get forced in on your non-scheduled days. <laughs> I mean, uh, it only gets one other level uh, worse than that, and that's when you get forced in on Sundays. And I, I've yet to hear that happen. I'm sure it's happened in places, but uh, that's really hitting the bottom of the barrel. But more or less where you're at now, getting forced in non-scheduled days, that's brutal. And I yeah. feel for you guys. Yeah, I definitely, I feel for my coworkers because, you know, the ones that are on the overtime list, they, they don't have really a choice because, you know, they're a single parent or they're just trying to, they purchased a new home or something like that. And they're not even home to enjoy that. And, you know, that's pretty common. You know, people, uh, it, it's, you get accustomed to not living at eight hours and to be fair, the Postal Service usually does a pretty good job at not running out of overtime. Not necessarily efficient, but there's always seems to be the overtime there. Um, and, and when it dries up, uh, it'll dry up. But I don't, I think maybe since I've been working in 2011, we've only had like maybe one or two summers where uh, CCAs were complaining they weren't getting enough hours. But it's been a while since that's happened. Uh, 2015, maybe, you know. Yeah, we only we currently only have four CCAs at our office, and God bless them. <laughs> Holy shit! Hey, uh, real quick, how many how many stations do you guys have in Canton? Uh, the Hall of Fame branch has four. Um, oh, okay. There's uh, there is Jackson Belden. They've got one zip code. Country Fair has one zip code. Um, the Canton Annex has eighty three routes of various zip codes and we've got 53 of various zip codes as well holy shit you guys service a huge area wow. yeah. i am <laughs> astounded like my office has a bunch of i mean those are all city routes is that is that correct yeah in the uh in canton we only have two rural routes <laughs> sorry sorry i just spat my drink out <laughs> okay so it's mostly urban <laughs> <laughs> I think we've established that. My office, <laughs> my office actually has more rural than it does city. We've got 24 city assignments at my office, and then we've got like 35 or 40 rural carriers in the joint. Jesus. <laughs> and, and the thing is, is well, Bozeman has expanded so much since they drew the line between rural and city that we literally have rural carriers that are servicing like apartments in an urban area, but you know, they're, they're rural carriers. They drew the lines back in the nineties. I'd like to, yeah. you know, what, one thing that you guys were touching on is the amount of, uh, the amount of sacrifice that carriers are putting in and have been putting in for a long time, as far as not being able to spend time with your kids, not being present for baseball games, dance recitals, first steps, all of that stuff. And the, the lack of empathy that comes from our management staff around those things is it, it it is bewildering to me. It is completely astounding that people that have children, people that have families, presumably, uh, cannot show even the slightest bit of sympathy to to anybody for those very reasons. And it is it is very disheartening. And it's one of the primary reasons I'm sure why a lot of people just do not want anything to do with this place. It does not shock me at all. It's systemic. It's been going on since I've worked here since 2011. Um, it reminds me a lot of the way the, uh, the military is ran, you know, a mission first always and uh, the people second. Um, and 
you know, unfortunately, it, it, it's ran that way. Uh, but it's, I mean, the Postal Service is not the military, you know. Yeah. And as important as the job is and as important as it is to get the mail out, you know, there's opportunities for management, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, probably more at the, the POOM level and above to make some decisions to where uh, you tell the people at the local levels, hey, look, we need to be mindful of what, what people are uh, got going on at home. Um, we need to make sure that we're staffing appropriately. We're not overstaffing. We're not understaffing. We're, we're, we're taking care of the fundamentals, you know, uh, you know. But there's there's just not probably not enough of that conversation going on between like your pooms and your uh, your postmasters and then down on the line, you know, and and until there's some sort of a, a cultural change, they're always just going to be get the fucking mail out, get the fucking mail out, you know, uh, and then people are going to suffer. And, they, and then and then they'll just make an excuse. Well, you know, we, we, we gave you a couple of raises last year and yada, yada, yada. Uh, and they're just going to help expect you to just to, to bite it, you know, and oh, uh, fuck you. that. People have a breaking point. Bad mouth you to your to your coworkers. Oh, so-and-so decided that they're not going to show up today. So-and-so is not going to can't hack it. The amount of my my workstation I, I work, like I said, I'm a T6. All five of my routes are basically orbiting management's desk at my at the end of the office, dude. And the amount of, of shit talking I hear come from that desk, dude. I got to put my headphones in every day. I can't handle it. Yeah, I've, uh, I've, made, a, I've made it a point that um, when that kind of stuff happens and I know about it and somebody definitely says something to me about it, I go right to management, have a conversation about that because that's, that's the first thing that uh, will ruin the morale in the office is allowing all that shit talking to go on. And you know, you can't really stop it. I mean, uh, I mean, you can constantly monitor everybody's conversations, uh, but I mean, I mean, honestly, who's, who's got the time to really do that? It really, what it, what it comes down to is management just being, uh, having, uh, being mindful of those situations as they come up meaning uh, when it goes on between carriers and uh, getting rid of that, uh, actively speaking out against that kind of stuff, do service talks, things like that. And then moreover, just not do it themselves, you know, because that's just grossly unprofessional. Well, I mean, they've they've got enough time to, you know, watch you on a map and follow how many footsteps you take a day. I figure, you know, (laughs) the least they could do is watch what they've got to say about people. They're usually the biggest offenders at our office management Mm -hmm. the nice thing is even though we have such a it feels like a exceptionally toxic environment at our office currently the solidarity in our carriers has been just absolutely astounding we had a yeah like we had a situation where an odl carrier said hey it's my daughter's birthday and his daughter's not very old i think she's like four or five at the time And this was last summer, I think. And he's like, I can't do overtime today. You know, he's he's a guy that's usually pretty low key. He does what he's supposed to do and he goes home. That's that's the kind of guy he is. And management was like, well, if you can't do the overtime, you need to jump off the list. Well, then I find out this happens because one of the carriers goes, well, the ODL, all but like two people jumped off the list just now. Okay, I'm in. And all I had to do was say, uh, no problem. Just put it in writing that you can't do it. It's a declined or missed opportunity, and we'll just give it to somebody else. 
you know? Exactly. Yeah, okay. And so then, it, it takes Jesus away from your, from your equitability. You count me off a day. Fine. You know what I mean? Yeah, Who, who's that's gonna, fair. Who's going to cry? You know what I mean? It's yeah. fair. Yeah. Yep. And then just stupid shit like that ha- will happen at our office. And as I said, our ODL, they, they take care of each other. And our regular... Our regulars take care of our CCAs, and our CCAs take care of our regulars, and that's one thing that I am very grateful for at our uh, post office. Sometimes that's what happens when you have uh, a very toxic uh, managerial uh, system in your office. Uh, it all it does is it just uh, binds people together. You know, not that that's a good way of bringing solidarity into an office. Uh, it really isn't. But uh, if you get lucky and you get that good. Uh, it'll 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 let you uh, put up with this shit for a little bit longer than uh, as opposed to if it wasn't that way. You know what I mean? Yeah, I'm not. I'll, I'll be the first to admit it's uh, a lot of these. You know, it's a tough conversation to have with with literally anybody. And it's kind of one of the reasons that Dave and I wanted to start this podcast in the first place was to. Uh, I think I used the word commiserate when I sold it to Dave. Uh, it was, you know, it's yeah. a way to to kind of you know. Everybody can because everybody knows exactly what we're talking about, and there's a million stories just like this that you know any number of of letter carriers could could relay. You know they could. You know we're never going to run out of things to talk about when it comes to when it comes to the you know working conditions. That's for sure. I I find it interesting how uh, social media always seems to be a, a an interesting outlet for people's uh, grief within the postal service and although the although the scenarios tend to be uh, a little bit different the examples you know uh, or the specifics I should say are different the scenarios are pretty much the same you know everybody's got the the problem with the management the, the too much overtime the shit talking and uh, co-workers that that bratty ass kid that you got to deliver to all the time all of that stuff uh, and it's like that all across the all across the country you know uh, it's it's interesting. Uh, I think social media is uh, somewhat of the devil, uh, but uh, in times like this, it really helps and gives people a, an opportunity to have an outlet to, to at least uh, bitch, you know, when there's not much else you can do, uh, just to try to keep your sanity. Yeah, man, it's tough. It's real tough. <laughs> I, I hate to be so bleak and leave our leave our listeners with, uh, you know, kind of the the doom and gloom. But you know, I mean, this is what y'all came for. This is what we. This is what. Yeah. We, this is what we. Uh, this is just part of it, unfortunately, and you know, a way that we can all kind of, you know, one thing we wanted to do when we when we made this podcast was to was to build community and to you know lift everybody up in the in the process and by putting these things out there and by reducing some of the stigma surrounding these things, hopefully, you know, people can, you know, access the various forms of, uh, of help that are out there that are, that are available. One of them right off the top of my head is the, uh, what is that? The employee assistance line, the AEP. Is that, yeah. Is that, AEP. Yep. is that the correct acronym there? Yep. I've never personally yep. called it, but I have spoken to people who have, and I have never heard anybody say a bad thing about that particular service that is provided. I haven't either. You know, it, it's a it's a great uh, it's a great avenue to help uh, uh, get you through the the tough times. You know, the other thing I would suggest too is people go to their doctors and talk to their doctors about getting uh, re- 
appropriate restrictions. You know, if you're working 60 hours a week and it's killing yourself mentally, um, I, I, I'm pretty sure you can find a doctor that can help you out there. I mean, it's, it's pretty easy to, to, to prove when you're working 60 hours a week that it's detrimental to your health and uh, your livelihood. And you need, and sometimes, you know, you hate to do that because you feel like you're going to be fucking your coworkers over. But, you know, at some point you just got to learn how to take care of yourself. You can't get burnt out, you know, and it's hard for people, especially who have a really strong work ethic and too much pride. Um, they, they tend to uh, suck it up for too long and uh, it has adverse health effects, you know, uh, and, and you'll never ask for help. Uh, you'll never want it. And you'll, you'll, you'll just burn out. And, and that's never the way to go. And I can tell you, uh, this past year or so, uh, I've probably seen more people get medical restrictions uh, than the 11 years, almost 11 years that I've been in the postal service. And obviously because of COVID and all the stress on, and all that. Uh, but, you know, it was nice to see people willing to do that. Uh, and to be honest with you, more people in my office should have done it. Um, but they did for various reasons. I imagine most of them just didn't want to fuck their, you know, I, I use air quotes here, uh, fuck their coworkers over. Um, but, uh, you know, you really, at some point, you, you got to put yourself first before other people. Uh Working 60 hours a week or close to it is just fucking ridiculous. It's so stupid. Nobody should have to do that in this fucking country ever. <laughs> My exactly. opinion, I'm sure. In regards to mental health, um, I do have a couple carriers that have reached out for that and have been able to get some good um, good help. Good. It's a very good platform just to get you know a head start on. Um, but the deterioration of health in this job is just, it's, it's definitely something that needs to be brought into awareness. Like, for example, um, for example, I, uh, you know, struggled with mental health. Um, I've struggled with it, you know, for most of my life, but, you know, coming from the, you know, the nineties, I can't say eighties, but the nineties, um, and there's such a stigma with it. And, um, like for example, uh, about three years ago, I was, I was just on, I was on like one medication, a very low dose of a medication and just how it's progressed in the last, you know, three years, I'm on six separate medications. Holy shit. I am so sorry. I've got like most of it maxed out, you know, like the maximum dosage uh, where they have to add another pill. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, I have to talk to somebody for an hour every week and it's just how much finally it's just like, you know, this year I was like, you know what? Enough's enough. Um, it's, I want to be, I want to be here for my kids. You know, I don't want to question whether or not I make 40 you know there was a time in my life where I didn't think I'd make 30 and now I'm 33 so um and a lot of that too is your co-workers taking care of you um I had a a situation um several years ago I think it was 2019 just before COVID happened and um my best friend is my rotator wasn't at the time but we were on routes next to each other and he he made the call he he called my husband was like today's the day she's got to go to the hospital 
And I did spend, I spent a week in mental health facility. Um, They rearranged my dosage and things like that. And, you know, it's amazing the people that will stick their necks out for you in this job. And that's what makes it hard to leave is just all these friendships you incur and all these people like right around that time, you know, the bills started coming in, things were tight. I texted one of my coworkers and I was like, Hey, I need 20 bucks for dog food. And he's like, yeah, where, where do you want to meet? And he's like, and awesome. he gave me 60 bucks to do that. Um, wow. But it's just, finally, it was like, you know what? After not seeing my kids and they just changed my medication again. So I become more aware of my relationships with my kids and I wanted them to improve. And so as this is kind of my, the end of my journey, um, I found a job that's Monday through Friday nine to five and holy shit that's fantastic yeah and the thing i'm is, jealous yeah the only thing though is this is a seven dollar pay cut well, i understand sweetie but you know what i look what that's gonna do to your fucking morale you're gonna get the weekends off holy oh, yeah. shit that's badass and like the guy it's actually a business on my route and so they've known me for two years so cool. they know my character cool and the owner, he was like, why do you want to take a pay cut? And I'm like, I'm taking a pay cut for family and happiness at this point. You know, I didn't tell him that one of my goals this year is to try to start slowly putting myself back together and wanting to, you know, wean off the medications that I've had to take in order to just keep breathing, you know. I, I think you're really, and, and obviously this is just an opinion, but uh, I've, I've known you long enough to know that, to, to say that I, I really think that once you, you start that new job and you get out of this shit, uh, especially when you consider where you've been and, and where you're at now, you know, level of maturity, et cetera, et cetera, growing that we all do, you're going to realize that that $7 an hour uh, pay cut if you, uh, is, is going to be well worth the, what you're going to get in return for it. I mean, you can't really ask for a, a better job to have a nine to fiver and and the weekends off you know you know we we make what we make because we work quite a bit so i would think proportionally uh that would be a great thing you know yeah i mean i'm looking very much forward to it because you know i start you know my job at nine o'clock and i'm like i can take my kids to school yeah right and i'm like after five o'clock it's like i have a life i can actually you know do shit after work and it just you know versus coming in you know coming into work at 8 15 and being like oh i've got two hours of overtime that i wasn't mm-hmm. expecting or coming back to the office at 4 45 and they're like oh somebody needs help out on this route can you take three hours you're getting a lot of stability back in your life i'm, I'm excited for you that's awesome and, and i'll admit i'm a little jealous <laughs> i'm definitely scared so, so let me ask you: How, how long you how long you been delivering mail? Uh, seven years. Seven years. Okay. And and what did you do? What did you do prior to that? Uh, well, the funny thing is, um, I've only I just realized that this year in May would be ten years since I graduated from college. So, seven years delivering mail, and three years I was a front desk clerk at a hotel. Okay. Wow. So you've you've been. 
you've been you've been in the postal service for quite a few years then seven years i mean really is quite a quite a bit i mean not obviously for uh, uh in a in the career aspect of the postal service but seven years in a job is a is a is a, a long time to uh get into a routine of things plenty of time for your life to change good or bad uh and you know in the postal service um it's, it's a very good chance that it's gonna uh, change for the for the worse at times you know um but uh yeah god bless you i'm, I'm happy for you thank you sweet pea <laughs> <laughs> well let, let me ask you this what's your what, what's your husband think about this what is he pretty excited about it pardon me for getting a little private here but i mean is he pretty excited that you're gonna uh, be back to a, a normal schedule well boss man and i we've this is all we've ever known you know we've Most never nervous. known the postal service um as a front desk clerk because the difference between you know i did mention that i i did go through a divorce but yep us boss man and i we've been best friends since we were 12 oh nice so it's one of those and this you know this life is all we've ever known and he's been such a trooper through it you know he's kind of he's been along for the ride and i know he's terrified he's terrified of the pay cut Sure. You know, but I keep reminding him that right now he's got a job and I've got, I'll still get paid, yeah. you know, versus like a year ago when he was a stay at home parent. It's just a new so, routine you got to get used to, you know, I mean, it's like everything change sucks at the beginning. Uh, but once you get into that routine and you're, you're getting those Saturdays and Sundays off, you're going to realize, oh, this shit was probably the best decision of my life. Next to finding boss, man, of course. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I can't tell you how many times, like, throughout the course of just a regular work week that I am suddenly stuck into an overtime situation, and then me and my wife are like, okay, well, what are we doing? Who's picking up the kid? Who is going – who's going to be able to get off work in time? And my wife works for the municipal government here. She She's a – a chemist by training, but she is, is a uh, she's second in command at the local uh, water purification plant here oh, wow. here in town, and you know she works she works ten hour days. So basically, if we both get off at five thirty, it's a mad hustle to see who's going to be able to get to the kid before we start incurring charges at at daycare. And uh, my wife and I have a fairly similar situation. Actually, we started. I started as a TE back in 2008 and that's when we started dating. So my wife has my wife and I's relationship has only known me as a as a postal employee. There's never been anything outside of that. So part of that is, you know, I'm thankful for it that none of this comes as like a big surprise to her. But at the at the same time like she also knows all too well the the inner BS that comes with that. <laughs> Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like when you mentioned picking up the kiddo at a daycare, it's like, I didn't think I was going to have to do this. But like, my kids go to bed at seven, my husband leaves the house at nine. And there were times where I was like, hey, can you have your dad come over and sit in the house because I'm not going to be able to make it before nine? I'm like, this is this is nuts. Like, I wouldn't get home until like 930 on some occasions earlier this year. People and should I'm not like, have to fucking live like that. That's crazy. Exactly. And, you know, my kids, I spent, I spent like most of their Christmases explaining to them I was helping Santa. 
to explain to them why I was never around because they always have a hard time understanding that. Because what else can you do, you know? Yeah. yeah. You can't really tell them the truth because they won't get it, you know? But yeah, that's, <laughs> that sucks. Yeah, my daughter is, uh, my daughter's five. She'll be six in, in September. And we are getting ready to age out of the, uh, the uh, excuse uh, out of one excuse bracket and into another one, so to speak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've, I've got a I've got a freshman in college and an eighth grader, soon to be a, a freshman next year. So I'm I'm out of I'm out of those stages. Um, when I was married, uh, my wife was stay at home. So I'll be quite honest with you, I never really had to worry about the daycare issues, more or less. That was that was pretty much uh, uh, taken care of. Um, but that takes a toll on a on a on a mom and a, and a wife too, just being at home and doing that shit all the time and not having that other, that other half of the support there to help you out. Um, and it's unfortunate. And, uh, uh, so if you can, if you can stay out of that lifestyle and you can get your nine to five, uh, job working Saturday or having Saturdays and Sundays off, I mean, it's the best gig for you, you know, and you'd be foolish not to take it. Yeah. Yeah, like, boss man was the, uh, was the stay-at-home parent last year, and I kept coming home every night and telling him, my God, if it was me, these kids would have been up for adoption a long time ago. God bless him for doing that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Good yeah, man. I'm, I'm, yeah. But, I mean, I'm, I'm, as I said, I'm very scared, but I'm very excited, and... I'm excited for you, honestly. I mean our our interactions have been very limited but my hat goes off to anybody that can can make a a clean separation from this agency and they come out on top i mean congratulations and we had we had spoken about our friend vince on the last episode he made a clean break i know a number of people have and i know another number of people that have quit and then came back as as ccas because they just there was no other option for them and it was you know or didn't get hired back tried to come back and then couldn't they wouldn't take them again or whatever you know and i've seen i've seen it go both ways so my hat goes off to you miss Catherine. i i hope that this all this really works out for you would you uh do you, do you have any pluggables? Do you want our uh, listeners to find you on the internet and follow you, or would you prefer to uh, preserve your privacy? <laughs> well, I don't really have any um, pluggables that belong on the online. I mean, I have them at home, but I but gotcha. Yeah, I don't have no Instagram <laughs> or Twitter. <laughs> good deal. Stay off. It's just the devil. I, yeah. I, I somehow missed that. I'm, I'm somehow unscathed by those. So, unfortunately, yeah, those <laughs> Fantastic. Well, I think that uh, I know it's getting a little late where you guys are at. What is it? About quarter to nine? It is. If my math serves me correctly. All right. Well, we will go ahead and uh, sign off here. Hopefully, this conversation has, you know, sparked some interest in our listeners. Hopefully, it, it uh, encourages some people to to seek uh, anything that they need to make themselves feel better and hopefully make your time at the Postal Service a little bit more tolerable. 
Uh, with that, is there anything else anybody wants to put in before we before we cut this thing off? Uh, I, I just want to I just want to say one last thing, uh, uh, Catherine. I've known you for uh, several years. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know the struggles that you've been through, um, and uh, I'm I'm just really excited that you're gonna be finally making this turn in your life where things are going to get better for you even if it means taking a pay cut uh, who gives a shit you're you're getting your sanity back and you're getting your family back and and loads of people get out of the postal service and do just fine so don't sweat it especially when you got somebody in your corner like boss man who's there to support you you'll be fine go get him make me cry <laughs> good I, I, uh, personally i i really admire your vulnerability and your your ability to share uh your your experiences with us on a plat- on a platform like this and we'd love to have you back anytime so awesome o- open um, one last thing <laughs> yeah. one last thing um if there is anybody that is listening and does need um somebody that can relate to them and needs assistance and doesn't feel comfortable going to EAP just quite yet um contact dave or travis and they'll get a hold of me and we'll figure out what to do awesome yeah at, uh, yeah we have all of our uh contact information is readily available in the show notes and we will put some extra ones in there as well for reaching out to uh eap and other uh gateway services that are available like we're not doctors i'm not a doctor i'm a mailman you all know this if you're listening to this you know that i'm a fucking mailman all right none of us are doctors but if we can help point even just one person in the right direction i'm good with that absolutely (laughs) all right with that said we're going ahead and sign off here dave you want to take this one away uh it takes what it takes don't forget (laughs) it folks fantastic everybody have a good evening bye-bye It Takes What It Takes, a letter carrier podcast is available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Recent episodes are also available on SoundCloud. We record live streamed on Twitch and Discord. If that's not your thing, all of our streams are uploaded to YouTube. Follow us on Instagram at It Takes What It Takes Podcast for the most up-to-date information and for links to all of our social media channels. Feel free to slide into our DMs, send us an email, or a first-class letter for questions, comments, or content and guest recommendations. The podcast is produced by Travis and Dave, and the music you are hearing in the intro and outro of the podcast is written and performed by Rust Belt Roadshow. You can find them on Instagram at rustbelt underscore road underscore show and Spotify and Apple Music. Music